Yes, 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 welcome to Ball Sports Podcast. This is the podcast with balls, about balls. And we are your hosts. I'm Buddha. It's Willie. And it's now like a big facts and full of facts. Shout out to Dylan, 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 who's not with us. Yep. Uh, episode 217. How y'all boys doing? We're living good, living great. Vibes. I just wanted to shout out the efficiency of that intro. That was half the time that we usually take. Shout we? Out to the quickness. Half the time that we yeah. usually take? Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, we? it's an us. It's an us thing, guys. Oh, an us? We are a group. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Temptations? All right, cool. When I trademark yes sir, when I trademark yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, times when I when I trademark yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, times seventeen, and I start getting the royalties, don't get as I just said it was an us thing, and y'all are excluding yourselves. Interesting. I said it was an us thing. I'm just saying. You got the obnoxiousness is the obnoxiousness is all me. I will take complete and full credit for that. But this introduction is us. Because the yes sirs, yes sirs doesn't mean anything without the no. As, as long and as you the balls without balls. As long as you own the uh, obnoxiousness, then I'm good. I will always own the obnoxiousness. <laughs> I am the obnoxiousness. Obnoxiousness is me. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, we got some sports to talk about, boys. Y'all want to get right into it? Absolutely not. I don't want to get into anything. Let's just sit here and do dead air for an hour and then turn it in. All right, that was a dumb idea. Let's go back to the sports. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this past Saturday was UFC 270. Um, it was the clash of the the lightest weight class and the heaviest weight class in the UFC um, for their respective titles. Uh, I really just want to focus on those last two fights. You had Brandon Moreno defending his flyweight title against uh, Davison Figueiredo. Uh, that's it's their third fight against each other. Um, the first one ended in a draw. The second one ended with Brandon Moreno winning the title. Um, and this third fight, Davison Figueiredo won the title back um, by unanimous decision. Really good fight. These guys brought it to each other the whole time. Uh, Moreno was eating heavy shots, got knocked down a couple times, but he just kept getting up. I think those knockdowns are what ultimately lost the fight for him. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, fuck, you got to book a fourth fight now. You know, I think so, bro. I mean, the first one was a draw. Now they're 1 1. Oh, yeah. So you got to have a fourth fight. Yeah, uh, you got to run it back. Yeah. (laughs) Plus, I think that weight class is super thin. I don't think there's there's many people fighting at that weight. So, like, the the talent gap is is pretty significant. What do they fight at? Ooh, flyweight is, I want to say, 135. 
Mm, I believe so. Hold on, I'll tell you right yeah, now. Yeah, let me know. Um, but what I I will say this. Um, it might be one twenty-five. Uh, it, it's one twenty-five. One twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one twenty-five is uh, yeah, one fifteen to one twenty-five. This is what I will say. It's unfortunate um, that these guys. I think like this is what the UFC will ultimately fall into. Uh-huh. I think that it's already in a place where we're quickly enamored with the older guys. Mm-hmm. And we're not giving credit to the new guys. So, like, we we remember, like, the Demetrius Johnsons, the Henry Cejudos, the Joseph Benavidez, John Dotson, Dustin Ortiz. Like, those guys, the, the Sergio Pettis, like, the older guys yeah. who kind of carried it back then that I think – and we do this with a lot of different categories where we're not really giving these new guys their credit that they deserve because we're still kind of caught up on the old guys. But, you know, that fight was really good. The, the second time that I watched it, because the first time I was smacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were slightly, slightly smacked. Um, I was smacked. Yeah, so you know, yeah, they they kind of got to run it back, and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens from there. But you know, the real talk was about the main event, which pitted you know Francis and Ganu. Uh, defending the heavyweight title against Cyril Gaon. Um And Francis got the win in the most unlikely of ways. Um, I don't think anybody saw, you know, it, it was a unanimous decision victory, but really he wrestled the majority of the fight and wrestled well. Um, he was on the offensive pretty much the whole time. Whenever Cyril Gaon took control on the ground, he was able to reverse it and flip back into the power position. Um Francis is such a massive human being. Like, and I know they were both like pretty much the same size, but I think Nganu still had like 20 pounds on him. Um, but man, like, and then to find out after the fact that, you know, he had uh, a fucked up ACL, a torn MCL. Yeah. His team, his coaching staff had asked him to withdraw from the fight and he refused. Um, isn't that shit crazy? That's nuts, bro. <laughs> that shit's nuts. Um, but you know, this this was the last fight on Francis Ngannou's deal, and there's been a lot of controversy that's come out since this fight um, because of the fact that their negotiations have kind of stalled with the UFC. That's been the story for you know numerous weeks and months at this point. That's why they even had that whole interim title fight. Uh, in the first place between Cyril Gaon and uh, Derek Lewis, which was completely unnecessary uh, to do, but they did it anyway. And, um, you know, Dana Dana White really put the eggs in the basket, hoping that Cyril Gaon was going to get this victory because he was, he was supposed to be that guy. And that's why he was the favorite going into the fight. And, uh, Bro, did you see how pissed he was? Did you see how pissed Dana was when he won? Dana didn't even put the belt on him. Dana was not in the octagon. That's the first time on American soil that Dana White has not put the belt on the winner of a title fight. Isn't that fucking crazy? Well, all right. Well, before before we dive into that, I, I just want to say my points in the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have tried to find the best way to select my words wisely because I don't want to sound like an Nganu hater because I'm definitely not that. I appreciate him. But I think that this fight was one more on his corner mm-hmm. and his 
improving abilities. I think that Cyril Gunn was in the beginning on his way to winning that fight. Um, I think he said something very interesting um, in Ganu, and he said that going into the third round, he saw a look that was familiar to him, and that was when he fought Miocic for the first time, nice. which is which is indicative of how the Miocic and Ganu fight happened the first time around, yep. which was Ngannou dominating the first two rounds. And there was one moment where Miocic was like, oh, shit, you don't have an answer for this. Mm-hmm. I'm about to whoop your ass. And, you know, what's interesting is Ngannou has a really good trainer and knew like, all right, we're going to let you ride with what you normally do. But we know we got this ace in our hole, which is your wrestling because nobody's really seen your wrestling. And nobody understands your strength. So now that you have these new takedown techniques, this should be this should help you to um, neutralize the speed and the quickness that Cyril Gunn has. Which, if you guys remember, when we talked about this weeks ago, I told you that's my biggest problem in this fight is that Gunn moves differently for a heavyweight. Yeah. I, I to this day yeah. still I do to, I do to this day. And please, Buddha, um, you know, pay, um. Give me your input when I say this, but I don't think we've ever seen a heavyweight move the way that he does. You're talking about Cyril Gunn? Like, yes. Right. No, you're right. You're, you're right. Like, he's so damn fluid. Like, it's, it's kind of scary, right? And, and I think that's the reason why he doesn't have knockout power because, I mean, Jesus, if you gave him knockout power, what the hell? It, it's, it's the evolution of the heavyweight division. With him. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 one of those where it's like, all right, I'm gonna outpoint you. If I get the knockout, great. If I get the submission, great. But understand if you're gonna stand up with me, you're you're gonna be chasing all day. And I have I have the gas tank to make it last. And Ngannou was definitely sucking wind after second round. He was. But we know for a fact that first takedown, anybody who knows MMA relatively well and has seen a lot of fights of this caliber. You knew from the first slam that it was kind of over. It was over because because Gan had no counter. He was not prepared for that at all. He was not expecting the, the just just the swiftness in which Nganu picked him up and dropped him was like how you would drop a child, right. and you knew that there was no preparation mm-hmm. for that. No, no. If you really just watch the first slam, everything else was kind of like contentious. But if you watch that first, the first initial slam where he came in for the scoop, scooped him up and dropped him, it's it's literally how you would drop like a 12 year old. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like you you scooped his ass up and you dropped him one good time. And you could tell by the look on his face even then where it was like, all right, bet. Now this, this is a whole new ball game. And that to me is more of a credit to his trainer, because if his trainer didn't prep him for that, I do think Cyril Gunn is is the UFC heavyweight champion. I do. I do. But, you know, shout out to Ngannou. I mean, he, at this point, he virtually doesn't have any weakness in his game. Um, he did that with a messed up ACL, which is even Wait. all the more impressive. And honestly, finding out about that makes it more understandable as to why he looks so gassed in the fight. Because yes. it's probably hard to do yeah, a lot of cardio he, when your knees are fucked. Facts. And I mean, even if you did do cardio, I think that you're more tired harboring an energy, an, an injury right. than you would be if he was just free, honestly. Um, you know, however, I, I will say that um, although it doesn't matter in the long run, I think that I Dana White's behavior, transitioning to that, yes. Dana White's behavior um, is absolutely uncalled for. Um, being the CEO of of a major company, yeah. 
Um, I think that those are things that you could have kept behind closed doors. Number one, yep. number two, I think Nganu is one of your more pivotal fighters in the history of your company. Um, I think that he deserves a lot more respect for that. And to be honest with you, the fact that you're upset because he wants more money when he's earning you top dollar is kind of childish. Um, I don't think it matters now. I think it will matter if he doesn't negotiate because it's interesting. I don't want to be that guy, but he's specifically, you know, created contracts for specific athletes. Um, for him to run behind that excuse that, oh, you know, those guys that I did deals with were main eventers. I personally think that Nganu is a main event mm-hmm. across the board. I think that if Nganu was to fight Tyson Fury, I think it would shut down a lot of pay-per-view events. He's in the, he's in the upcoming and, Jackass movie. Like, this man is mainstream. Yeah. People know who Bro, the did you see is. that? Yes, I did. Yeah. He, he's he's <laughs> definitely... He's definitely mainstream. So, you know, my thing is, and again, I don't want to be that guy, but I have to ask myself, you know, what's different? Because John Jones had the same issue. Daniel Cormier had the same issue. However, you know, guys like Chuck Liddell and um, what's the name of the other guy that he always beefed Tito with? Ortiz. That was a shit. I forgot about Tito Ortiz. I was talking about the older Rampage. guy. The. No, not Rampage, not Rampage. Oh, you're talking Randy um, Couture? Couture. Couture cleared it. Yeah. Connor cleared it. These guys got the contracts they were looking for. They got the money that they were looking for. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like where you see smoke, there's fire. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what? Do you, why are you treating these guys this way? And, and you know, they say, like, Izzy, they, somebody tried to bring up Izzy as a counter argument. I'm like, Izzy's a kid. Is he seeing more money right now than he's ever seen in his life? And he might be the counterpoint, but I think we need to give him oh, some time. Is he going to be next to be that? You know, you're yeah, going to have to pay sure. me, pay me. Like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's on his way. Yeah, for sure. He's um, on his way. And I, and good. And if he wins his next, if he wins his next big fight, which I think Dana wants to not happen, but if Izzy wins that next big fight, I'm looking at it here. This is next my month. turn right now. And Ganu, and Ganu won this fight. Now he's, he's, next cheered up right mm-hmm. you got kamaru usman who is the pound by is the pound for pound guy he wins that next fight he's next cheered up then mm-hmm. izzy is a fight away he's got his next fight coming up he'll be next cheered up so now it's going to be interesting to see what you're going to do when you have Nganu, usman izzy and all three of them are saying run me that check no facts i want that i want that i want that mcgregor check because i'm in mcgregor status now yeah, no. Because uh, I, I could, I could fight, I could fight for two belts if I want to. But these guys are my homeboys. But let them lose this belt. I'm going for two belts. Then what? Exactly. You know what I mean? So again, I, I haven't stated it yet because, like I said, I don't want to be that guy. But I think you guys can read in between the lines and where there's smoke, there's fire. I just hope I'm wrong. I feel that. Um. So yeah, the, and the, the thing with the. Uh, the contract situation, because even Ngannou was kind of airing them out. It was like, look, like the UFC, they'll do shady stuff. Like you'll fight, you'll get your purse, and then they'll hold you out for like 10, 11 months to the point that you don't have your those, that money anymore. And you're kind exactly. of forced to re-sign a new contract because you're out of money because you can't do anything exactly. anywhere else. Bullshit. So like, so he's, he's kind of airing them out. So he's about to oh. be a free agent, you know, and have the title. Yeah. Like, oh, what? go ahead. That's crazy. Yeah. 
No, okay. Wait, no, okay. So do they fi- so do they sign like a certain number of fight deals? Yes. Or yes. Okay, it, so it's 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 a number of fights. Kind of like a record label be like you have to do X amount of albums. And like an X amount of albums, yeah. right? Okay, so like I could fight in January, but then they couldn't let me they they could hold me and not let me fight until they, January the following. They can year. hold you for right. a, they can hold you for a medical hold based on whatever happened in your last fight. Like, oh, because of the damage you took, you have to be off at least four to six months. And then they could say, oh, we have to book you, but we want to book you around this event. So that's going to be another four months away. So it's like, dog, like I'm fighting once a year. Like, yeah. Or or you could speed up the process and let them fight to get out of their contract for a bigger fight like they did for Connor. Right. Exactly. And they don't want to do that (laughs) because that's less revenue for them, you know. It, it's it's crazy, but um, one thing I do want to make sure is say I need John Jones to shut the fuck up. Like I really oh, need John Jones to shut the fuck up. Like right now he's looking like uh the Chris Brown song. Why are you hating from outside of the club? You can't even get in. Like right. bro, you sitting here selling out on Twitter saying, "Oh y'all ready for Daddy?" Uh, regardless, I'm with both of y'all. First of all, you've never had a fight at the heavyweight division. That's number one. Right. And two, and two. Anytime you're about to have a fight in the heavyweight division, you get arrested for fucking up your wife or doing some other shit. Oh. So, how about you get your shit together, and then when you come back, come back. How about do something? How about win a fight? Because he's gonna have to fight. Think- he's gonna have to fight one of three people when when he if, if he does come back. It's either gonna be Stipe Miocic, which. That's a dangerous fight. You don't want to fight him. It's going to be sealed on, which is a dangerous fight. And Francis Ngannou, which we know is a dangerous fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like, I think, <laughs> I think what it is, too, analyzing fight styles and, and the fights and stuff like that, I think that, you know, it's going to be really interesting because the two guys that Jones had issues with was Cormier during the first fight. And Gustafsson. And the thing that those two had in common were that they were really able to absorb his hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were big and long enough to where he couldn't necessarily get his takedowns and dominate the way that he wanted to. So I'm intrigued as to how, when you're fighting a Miocic or a Gan or a Nganu who are used to absorbing these hits... Mm-hmm. How is going to register when you're getting hit with the same bombs that you've been throwing because these guys are just as big as you? Um, I think he'd be in for a rude awakening, to be honest with you. Yo, um, and Ganu has the world record for the hardest <laughs> punch. Like, right, bro, they said if he cracks, if he makes like, contact with John Jones' face, bro. Yeah, Yo, you know, they said. I, Go ahead, bro. His punch is 92 miles per hour. It hits you with the same force as a Ford Focus no. going max speed. Imagine that. I mean, it's there. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I also Males. think that John Jones is – no, that's just crazy. I, I can't even – I don't even want to think about that, um, that somebody could even punch that hard. I, I You know, I, I think that – John Jones is doing this for one main reason, and I don't blame him. He's got to stay relevant. Okay, yeah. He doesn't know when he's going to come back, so right. he's got to talk his shit. Because, I mean, at this at this point, the one argument that a Jones fan can say is he's yet to be conquered. 
officially. He's had to be conquered. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's 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 a thing I mean, where you can himself, ah, that's different. <laughs> You're right, but that's but that's a different that's a different ball game, right? Because now I don't want to I don't want to talk about this because we're not there yet. But I mean, if you look at his situations, although there are situations, you can make that comparable to Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds did his damage to himself, yet we call him a Hall of Famer. So, you know, if Jones is damaging himself, it's like, all right, well, give him his time to see if he can come back. You know what I mean? That's it's just it's only fair. Yeah, I feel you. You know what I mean? Like he, he he's yet to be conquered by an outside force that isn't him. I just think he's in for a rude awakening when he actually gets hit by a heavyweight. Like that shit's different. Oh, like, I mean, you can tell. They're, they're, That's they're, the reason why light heavyweights don't go up. Yeah, and there's a reason those there's a reason. There's for a that. reason most of those heavyweight fights usually end in a first round knockout. Like come on, man. <laughs> those motherfuckers. You know what bang. I mean? Like, come on, man. They they that's all they do is, is throw bombs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and it's gonna be it's definitely gonna be interesting to see what the future holds because they've never really said that Jones is out, period. Yeah. Just He's got to get his well, shit together. Well, uh, and Gondo's going to have ACL surgery, so he'll be out for probably at least eight, nine months, I'd imagine. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, but hey, he's, that's very he's wild. still the champ. Can't no one say nothing about it. <laughs> Until you beat exactly. him, he is the baddest man on the planet. So there's that. Um, but let's move right along to uh, the WWE uh, the Royal Rumble is this weekend. It is on Saturday. Uh, I think it's the first time that the Royal Rumble has been on a Saturday. Uh, they're doing that because they don't want to compete with the uh, NFC Championship game um, on Sunday night. So, um, you know, because usually usually the Royal Rumble falls during Pro Bowl week, so they don't really have to worry about anything. But because now NFL added that extra season, you know, timetables kind of fucked up. Um so, yeah, so it's on a Saturday. Should be some good matches on the card here, um, just so you guys know what it is. Uh, you have the Miz and Maurice versus Edge and his wife, Beth Phoenix. Um, I mean, I imagine Edge and Beth win that. Like, there's no reason why they wouldn't. Um, you got the women's championship match, Becky Lynch defending her title against Dewdrop. Uh, I don't know why this is even a match. It's heel versus heel, but no one gives yeah. a fuck about Dewdrop. So, I mean, I'm guessing this is just a placeholder match. Um, yeah, Becky Becky retains. Um, now these these other two matches are going to be a little interesting. For the Universal Championship, Roman Reigns is defending his title against Seth Rollins. Um. This is very interesting because Roman Reigns has never beat Seth Rollins one on one for a title. He's lost every time. Mm. Um, and the Usos are barred from ringside, so they can't get involved. There's been a lot of rumors and speculation that Seth is going to be winning this match. I could see it. Um, and he'd be taking that title back to. Uh, raw with him, and that would make it to where uh, the WWE champion Brock Lesnar brings it to SmackDown. But this is the WWE shit can swerve. Who knows? Um, Yeah, I don't see Roman Reigns winning. 
or losing. I mean, I I just no. you've given him this five hundred plus day title reign with the Universal Championship. He's the longest reigning Universal Champion of all time. I don't see him losing his title at the Royal Rumble. Like this is it. This is befitting a WrestleMania no. moment for somebody to take that title off. Exactly. Of um, but I don't fucking know, man. Seth could do it because Seth is super over, even though he's a heel. This is a heel versus heel match, but both these heel characters are fucking great. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be mad either way, though. So, a couple of theories for you guys here. Go for it. Um, if we're trying to align things and we want it to be where you have a super over guy take the belt, because if anybody's going to take the belt from Reigns, it's going to be Seth. Right. However, yeah. however, we know that if Seth beats Roman Reigns outright um, with no Usos or with no support from anybody else, it does hurt him. Because what was the point of everything? Correct. Now, right. what can what can happen is. Is that Seth? Now, the only way where we can salvage all this is to keep Seth super over is Seth can win on like just like a a rush of emotion or whatever the case may be. Reigns gets mad, enters himself in a Royal Rumble, wins the Royal Rumble, and says, Well, shit, fuck it. I'm going after you now, Brock. That's the potential for something too that could put Reigns that could put Reigns hello. Yeah, because I imagine the I imagine the Royal Rumble is going to be the last match of the night, if I had to guess. That's what I would assume also. So I think I think this match opens the night, if I had to guess. Yeah. And and I would and I would love I think that is great story writing. I would love to see that. Because I'd like to see, I would like to see somebody different. I'm okay with it being Seth. I'm okay with Seth winning, but we got to keep Reigns in the picture somehow. I want to see Reigns Lesnar again. So let's. I don't even care if it was predictable. I'd be like, fuck it. I like this. Yeah, I mean, I I like where this is going. Yeah, regardless, (laughs) this is going to be a great match. The storytelling is going to be excellent. I could also see Brock destructing uh, Roman to where Seth gets the cheap win that way. You know, because of a Brock distraction. And I have another theory there too. Yes, that's one way. Mm-hmm. Or what happens is is that Reigns retains, and, that, and well, if and Reigns wins, last year's gonna. I was win. about to say so that so. we could transition that right into this other match yeah. for the WWE yeah. Championship. Brock Lesnar defending his title against Bobby Lashley. Um, I'm very excited for this match. This is a match that has kind of people have been asking for for over a decade awesome. at this point. These guys both have legitimate MMA background. Um, you know, Brock Lesnar, obviously very successful in UFC. Bobby Lashley was very successful in Bellator. Um, and these guys have never mixed it up in the ring solo. The first time they ever touched in the ring was um, at the day one pay-per-view when Brock, when they were in that fatal mm-hmm. five way. Um, and even then their interactions were short, but this is the first time we're going to get this match. Now, I don't expect this to be a long match. I expect this to be a short match between five to 10 minutes max. Um, But I think it's going to be a very hard. If you give me a train wreck, I'm happy with it. Regardless of who wins. I just don't want Bobby Lashley getting jobbed out. That's my only thing. As long as he's not getting jobbed out and he, he looks good. Losing, I'm okay with Brock winning. But <coughs> he better. Like Nell said, I would prefer if Roman Reigns wins, and then Bobby Lashley beats Brock with 
a Roman distraction or something like that, I'd be fine with. Yeah. Um, but WWE it has been teasing this potential champion versus champion match at WrestleMania, which I don't even know how that would be possible because then what? what's the deal with the winner of the Royal Rumble? Make it a triple threat? Title versus title with a third person? So I don't know. Yeah, I like that. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but then, okay, so then, so, so then, what does that mean? Is there no more brand split? Is like the champion going to both shows because that that two champion I mean, thing? Be more that, that two champion thing did not work out with Becky Lynch when she won both titles when she was Becky two right, belts. It was, it's it's oversaturation. Like we're getting you too much now. I agree. So you, you gotta, they gotta think this through. I hope they're thinking long term with this, and not, you know, okay, what's going to be cool for the next two months, and then we don't know what we're doing from there. Like, I hope, I hope they they've thought this through. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but moving right along, the women's Royal Rumble match, um, they announced pretty much the entire field, including some like legends. Which I don't know why they did that. I, I hate that they did that. I, that's like I think everybody looks forward to the element of surprise when they watch these yeah. Royal Rumbles. Um, one of the probably the most interesting name that they announced um, in WWE was Mickey James um, because she is currently the TNA Knockout Champion. Well, sorry, Impact Wrestling Knockout yeah. Champion. Um, so this is you know the the forbidden door that's always discussed. You know, they'll have somebody from another promotion on their show wrestling. Um, this is the first time WWE's done that. So, that's, I mean, it's great. I'm glad they're doing that. I just wish they wouldn't have announced. I think it would have been a much cooler moment if, you know, the countdown comes and then all of a sudden Mickey James music hits and everyone's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, what? And then she comes out <laughs> holding her TNA fucking women's championship. Like, yeah, like here. I yeah, am. like don't don't waste these moments. Uh, but I I don't know what's going to happen with this match. I don't know who's going to win. Uh, Bianca Belair could be a back to back winner. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I'm personally I'm hoping like Naomi wins because she's been getting screwed out of title shots left and right by Sonya Deville, who's like uh, abusing her power basically. So like it would be cool for that to happen. Now Charlotte Flair, who is currently the SmackDown Women's Champion. She is also in the Rumble. And she said if she wins the Rumble, she's going to personally choose her. Her opponent is going to be for WrestleMania. So even then, if she, I don't want her to win, but it would be interesting to see, okay, you win, who are you going to pick? I don't know if Sasha Banks is going to be in this match because she's been dealing with an injury. However, we could see the return from injury of someone like Asuka, who's been gone for months and months and months, um, who I've been waiting to get back. Um, or someone like um, Bailey. Bailey's been gone for the majority of this past year with an injury. Yeah. So, you know, Rumble season's right. always good for that. Mm-hmm. So I hope we get a couple returns on that note. There's also rumors that Ronda Rousey could be making her return. Um, I saw know, the Ronda Rousey thing. I like that Which one. would be very crazy if that happened because, you know, Becky Lynch took the title off her. So it only makes sense for Ronda Rousey to come back when the Rumble and challenge her event. <laughs> yep. Um, but we'll see. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, the men's Royal Rumble, uh, same thing on that on that note. You know, they didn't really announce everybody that's going to be in that. There's a lot more question marks um, as to who's going to be in that's there. Good. It would be interesting to see if some people from another promotion show up. Uh, 
you know, a name that's being floated around that I think people would absolutely lose their shit for is John Moxley, uh, because of the fact that Seth name dropped him, um, on during a promo on SmackDown. He didn't say Dean Ambrose. He said Moxley. So that was kind of like, wait, that's interesting. Usually you like, you'd refer to someone else as like their WWE name, but in this instance, you know, yeah. they didn't. So it, I think people would lose their shit if his music hit and people are like, wait a fucking minute. Um, it'll also be interesting to see if Corey Graves ends up in the match because he's recently been cleared to return to in-ring action. Um, and fuck it. Pat McAfee, throw his ass in there. Fuck the it. guy's a fucking, the guy's win. a hero. <laughs> he's an he's a, he's an athlete. Yeah. He's um, I have a fever and the only cure is more McAfee. Jeez shit, bro. <laughs> Jeez, shit. That's it. Um, you know, or you know, Nels, like you brought up, one of these champions wins their or loses their title. You, I could see them entering the Royal Rumble and winning it. I just think, I just think it would make it so much more cooler. Yeah, no, I agree. I like, I like when you have those storylines within the Royal Rumble, where it's kind of like, oh shit, and like it's got to be one of those things where he doesn't enter like thirtieth, like he doesn't have to enter first either. Like I have to enter like fifteenth. Yeah. And then, you know, there's, you know, I mean, and then just take off on her. Right. And then there's also those couple of names that, you know, we just haven't seen her in a while or they've kind of just been floating, not really knowing what's going to happen with like, you know, could this be the year Big E does it, you know, since he just dropped the title? Could someone like AJ Styles, who's won everything else in WWE except the Royal Rumble, you know, could it be his opportunity? Um, You know, someone like Finn Balor, you know, who knows? That's that's the be- I, that's why I love the Royal Rumble, man. And it's you don't really know because yeah, you never know happen, who's man. getting the push. Yeah, um, but you know it's the first night on the road to WrestleMania, so we'll have we'll start getting a clearer picture of where things are going to be headed for the next few months uh, after Saturday night. So looking forward to that, and um, yeah, we'll recap that next week. Sounds good. But we can move with the shit right into the world. Of the NFL, um, there's a lot happening. There's coaches that are being hired, GMs being hired. Um, it was announced a couple of days ago that uh, Sean Payton will be stepping away uh, from the New Orleans Saints. We don't know if he'll be returning ever or what. Uh, but he does say he's going to take some time away. He's potentially interested in um, doing some TV um, because he thinks he'd be pretty good at that, Um, which I imagine all these networks would probably try to get him on their broadcast team. Um, But yeah, so it's, it is unfortunate though, because I do think that head coaching position is going to be one of the hardest to fill. And I don't think they're going to get, um, one of these big names for that only because of the cap hell that they're in right now. That's yeah, going to be a migraine. Nobody wants to go to and, a negative 100 plus yeah, million like dollar cap yeah. situation. Because then you're going to be ridiculed for however this season is going to go. Reason you're, why yeah, you're going to have to gut your entire team. And no matter who's going to be the coach, that they're going to look like the asshole for cutting the team and then the team being trash next year. So it is a really fucked up situation for that team to be in. Not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Facts, but you know you got some of these guys who hey that might be their only shot, and fuck it if it's the if the only chance I'm gonna get I'll take it. Great. 
you got to get yourself a, you got to get yourself a replacements you got to get yourself a coach that's okay and knows how to work with a different cast of players. So right. the next coach, I feel like maybe they might need to hire from within. Just get like a D coordinator or offensive coordinator right. or something and just tell them to come up, bro. Get your ass up in there. That's what like and I'm and I wouldn't be surprised with like a franchise like the Saints if that happened. Right. Um so as far as these other head coaching hires, the Denver Broncos have hired uh Nathaniel Hackett the former offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Um, definitely speculation now that they could be making a run at Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has spoken highly to Nathaniel Hackett multiple times. Yeah. Um, Even today. Right. So this this could be <laughs> that, that chance for them. Um, yeah, I hope not. Literally this afternoon. hope this not. Because if I have to deal – with Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert in my division. Where where could Pat Mahomes be going again, Buddha? Pat Mahomes, you mean Aaron Rodgers? I mean, not Pat Mahomes. Yeah, where could Aaron Rodgers be going again? Denver, because they hired the Packers that's OC. That's that's wild. I feel like I said this. I feel like I feel like a couple months ago I was talking about Aaron Rodgers potentially going to the Denver Broncos and everybody telling me that, oh, no, nah, that couldn't possibly happen. Why would he want to go to Denver? And now... Now it makes sense. All of a sudden, and uh, let me tell you this: I think it, there's a lot. There's a lot to take in. Let's talk. Oh, Nels was right. No, no, no. That, that is not. That doesn't mean I'm <laughs> right. No, no, no. I'm not. That's not the point. The point no, is, is it's the it's the possibility of it, right? Here's the thing: Aaron Rodgers is older. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers is also trying to make that transition to TV. Meaning that he needs to be out west. Unfortunately, that flight from Milwaukee to California is still this is hell to pay. Um, especially if you private jet gang, because you know you pay like for mileage and gas and all this other recklessness. Right. Um, but you got to look at the full situation of the West, right? If he stays in the NFC, which the Packers would, I mean, I think out of just mutual respect for the Packers, I don't, I don't see. Aaron Rodgers going to an NFC team. That's just me personally. I feel like it's the Tom Brady thing, right? I didn't see Tom Brady going to an AFC team ever. Um, So you got to look at the AFC. This is the West. And the other ones are just so solidified at quarterback. And I've said this before. I mean, if you really look at the Broncos roster, realistically, that team is not bad. Like people are are saying like, oh, like their, their depth chart, is terrible, and I'm like, mm, like, I'm not sure about that because now think about this for a second. Away. You have Cortland Sutton, mm-hmm. Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy. That line is very manageable, and quarterbacks do make lines better. You have Noah Fant, you have Javante Williams, you have Melvin Gordon. Bro, that is a decent a- little, and, right and you got to think there's also the potential opportunity of bringing in Devontae. Who will exactly. slide exactly? And that defense, it, you that defense is good enough to of get course. you a championship. Yeah, they're a good defense. The defense is fine. They, they played better right? after Von Miller left. It was weird. Exactly. Um. Well, because exactly. Brad Bradley Chubb literally slid into that role, right? <laughs> um. So just so I can let you guys know who has been uh, hired at this point, 
Um, for the Chicago Bears, they have hired Matt Eberflus. He was the uh, D coordinator for the Colts, Colts. Um, which they were the they had the most takeaways, I believe, this season. Um, they were nice of any team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did. They did really well just to fold to the Jaguars at the end of the year. Um, right. Yeah. So so they hired Matt Eberflus to be the head coach. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Honestly, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with a lot of these quarterbacks around the league for these new uh, with these new coaches coming in. You know, you got to think Justin Fields is probably the guy, but you know, Eberflus is a defensive minded guy, so I'm going to be interested to see who he brings in as an offensive coordinator who's going to take on the task of Justin Fields. You know, that's going to be very important because we see with somebody like Sam Darnold who, you know, Looked like he was going to be the real deal. Maybe didn't have the right guidance or coaching at first and is now at this point kind of fading away. Um, so yeah. this shit really matters. Very quick. Yeah, so the shit really Very matters, quick. especially when, yeah. when it's young in your career. Um, unless you're somebody who's like just the stellar stud, like a like a Joe Burrow who isn't phased mm-hmm. by anything. Fucking dude. We'll talk about them in a second. But um, <laughs> dude's fucking out of his mind. Um, dude is- <laughs> but like, but like, you know, you look at somebody like uh, Kirk Cousins. If I'm a new head coach, there, Kirk like, Cousins eh. out of there, bro. You know, bro. I think they get they let Mon they give Mon the season, see what he can do. Right, like okay. I don't know, bro. Um, but anyways, so or or like maybe keep Kirk as a backup. <laughs> Right, not as a backup. Right, you think he would take on that role? I mean, there are. I think well, some no, he, he probably pay, would, but he probably no. He makes too much money. Yeah. Um, the Texans, they they've interviewed quite a few people, but the name that keeps being floated around there is actually Josh McGowan, um, the former quarterback. Bro, you saw the interview though, Heinz Ward. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I love this. I hope more former players mm-hmm. like become coaches in the NFL. Yeah. I think that's great. That's a great direction. If that's kind of what this wave is about to be. Um, Y'all are going to start see, seeing a lot more. Yeah, because right now in Jacksonville, it, it's looking like they're very close on having Brian, uh, Byron Leftwich, um, you know, who was the quarterback there. Former QB. But the only holdup right now is that he wants Balky gone. The GM, the one that the fans all want gone, the one that they were wearing. Oh, yeah. They want him gone. He wants them gone. So it's really going to be up to Shad Khan as to what happens there. Because if if the GM and and head coach can't get along, like that's it's not going to work. It's not going to work. They they have to be a cohesive unit. So um, exactly. The people, you know, Byron Left, which is beloved in Jacksonville, I think that's a no question hire. He's knocked it out of the park as the OC for the Bucks these past couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I think you should get a shot. Uh, the Raiders, we've really been kind of keeping things quiet. We've mainly only interviewed people for the GM position at this point. However, um, We've interviewed Rich Passaccia. You know, he did a great job as our interim coach, and I think he he at least deserves a hard look because the team has vouched for him. He did a good Derek job. Derek Carr, Max Crosby, they all said he's the guy. He has us, you know, like. So I think that should hold some weight. However, they are going to be interviewing Todd Bowles, um, you know, defensive coordinator for the Bucks, and Josh McDaniels um, on Saturday, uh, you know, Patriots offensive coordinator. Um 
Josh McDaniels is starting to kind of heat up a little bit because one of the people we hired for our GM position is uh, Dave Ziegler, who is the Patriots director of player personnel. So if we have a GM coming from the Patriots and a head coach coming from the Patriots, like I think let's see what yeah. the Raiders might be trying to do, um, which would be a good look for it's them. All in mold. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you still got dolphins wide open, Vikings wide open. Um, no, I think the Vikings hired a GM. Yeah, they hired a GM. They, uh, Kwesi Odofo Mensa. He's the Browns vice president of football operations. Um, Lit. But yeah, other than that, everybody. I, mean, I like. I like has- them. I like. I like the movement. I like the fact that there's a lot more black personnel getting put on. Yeah. I like the fact that there's more black personnel getting interviews. You know, it's it's, it's promising. But you know, until these teams solidify these guys, you know, I I I I, I stay optimistic for now right well yeah because i mean none of the coaches that have been hired <laughs> right so right it's going to be an interesting few weeks here um you know now to i think we can go to the recapping of last week's games right because there's some things to discuss yeah, yeah for sure yep. Yep, yep, yep um so you know right off the bat to start things off on saturday um the Bengals beat the Titans nineteen to sixteen. Um, fuck it, Joe Burrow has ice in his veins. He got sacked nine times, um, but the Bengals, man, the <laughs> Bengals are doing everything they can to defy the odds. You know, they're the northernmost yeah. team that doesn't have an indoor practice facility. Correct. Oh, wow. They practice outside. Fuck Damn. that. I know it's cold as yeah. I mean. I mean, we're saying that now, but, but that might be what pays off because it's paying massive dividends right now. Yeah, and right because I mean, NFL tough, playoffs, man. NFL playoffs, they're ready. They're ready to play anywhere. NFL playoffs usually somehow, some way, have to do with cold weather, mm-hmm. whether people want to admit it or not. But it plays oh, a part. Oh. It plays a part at all times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that. Uh, the Bengals, although they're defying the odds, I think sometimes it comes down to rosters. I think it comes down to personnel. You can argue that offensively, the Bengals have a top five personnel grouping um, between Burrow, uh, Mixon, Bro. Boyd, Higgins, and Chase. And- Boyd is Boyd is a starter on about he's he's a number one receiver on like seven or eight teams in the NFL, maybe more. And Higgins more teams, bro. And the these, and, and Boyd, Boyd is your slot guy. The the swagger <laughs> that these guys play with too is fucking cool, nuts. Bro. Like no. hearing hearing Joe Burrow's presser where he's saying that he isn't phased by any of these teams. He's like every SEC stadium I played in was louder than these stadiums. He's like I'm not worried. Like the Brady, man, Brady told you. Brady said the same thing. He said, "I played in the big house. Yeah. Those things, those things do yeah. matter. They do." Yeah. So like, he's yeah, just so cool. And then fucking Evan McPherson, their kicker with fucking ice in his veins. Yep. This motherfucker says, "You don't get on the sideline before he's about to kick." Well, <laughs> guess we're going to the AFC Championship, and then goes out there and this does swagger, this. That's bro. swagger, bro. Swagger. That's bro. a hard team right there. And big time, big time swagger. You know. On the Titans side, Tannehill f- kind of fucked them up, man. Threw three costly picks, uh, one on the very first drive, 
another one in the middle of the game, and then another one, I think, and another one on the last drive of the game. Like, very costly picks. I don't know how confident the Titans are about sticking with him. I don't know if he can get it done when it really matters. Maybe, maybe that's maybe it's a little like rash judgment that I'm saying that, but I don't think so. I don't know, man. No, I don't think I don't think is I don't think it's rash judgment at all. But here's here's the fact of the matter. So I think a lot of times it's about expectations and what you can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. And I think the Titans are in a very similar place to like the Cowboys or the Browns, where it's okay, your guy can't get you on. He cannot get you on right. at this point. Can you do better? Definitely. Can you do can you do better than Dak Prescott? Can you do better than Baker Mayfield? Can you better than Ryan Tannehill? Because these are guys that are still getting you to the playoffs and you're getting you eleven and twelve wins. You right. gotta think of the yeah, quarterbacks. Right. Yeah, you gotta think of the quarterbacks that are ahead of these guys. These are guys that you can't get. Because they're not free agents, yeah. they're all locked no, into big deals. These guys are locked. Yeah, they're not coming. They're not going anywhere. So, no. do you really, really, really move off of them? The only time you would move off of them is if you know for a fact you have access to a young generational talent, and those come few and far in between. It comes few and far yeah, in between. Exactly. So sometimes it's about team longevity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, hey. We might not make it to a Super Bowl, but goddammit, we'll be number one seed. It might get to a couple of AFC championship games. And I'll tell you this much. If you get to the dance, you still got a chance. Bars. Hey, and that's what the Bengals are trying to do right now. Hey, you get to the dance, you got a chance, bro. It don't matter what the end game might be shit. All my homes, hey, listen, I don't care how great of a quarterback you are. You just need one bad game. Can can Mm y'all, like, really, like, imagine being a Bengals fan right now. Right, you, you haven't won. I don't care. How, you're a diehard fan. I know you tell people, no matter who your team is, you say, hey, this going to be it. You know, this is the year. But, like, there's no way that they sat down before this year started and say, yeah, we got all the pieces we need to make a run this right? year. Right, after going 4-12 There's, and 12 there's no way. Let's, you, let's, take it, let's take it a step further. You've not even seen your team get to this pinnacle in your lifetime if you're our generation. Oh. Yeah, bro, it's, it's they haven't won a playoff nuts. game in thirty years, it's, dude. It's nuts, bro. Like these, they must dude, be Boomer Esiason was the quarterback. Yeah, they Boomer were Esiason they were talking the in the off season that this is this like if they don't do well this year, Zach Taylor might be gone as the head coach. These motherfuckers are in the, the AFC team Championship game. Team responded well, man, and I mean, uh, at the end of the day, that roster that roster is nasty, bro. I I was saying it. I don't think I said it on the show, but I was definitely saying it just around to my students and friends. I was like, listen, and I'm a big roster guy, and it's probably the coach in me. I love looking at rosters. I love looking at pieces. And I've been looking at this Bengals team, and I'm like, listen, guys, they got a roster. The only thing about the Bengals is, and I've I've said this before, I've said this before, um, experience still matters. Definitely. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see now, mind you, all of these guys who are young, they have all played big game, right? Where's Tyler Boyd from? Uh, he's from Pittsburgh. I believe so. So, Yeah. He hasn't necessarily played in a huge game atmosphere, but everybody else kind of has on that. Yeah. All of them are national champions. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, Mixon isn't a national champion, but he played in the game, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. again, you get to the game, 
Yeah, you know the atmosphere. Yeah, you yeah. know the atmosphere. You know what I mean? And, you know what I mean? And, and, big 12 championships, you know? Yeah. Even it's then. Still, it's still, yeah, it's still big crowd, big atmosphere. You know, and my thing is, is that we do not talk about their defense enough. Oh, yeah. Hendrickson was such an incredible pickup for them. Oh. Hey, shout out. Hey, shout out to everybody FAU, said, no, everybody said, Oh yeah, Hendrickson. They they overpaid him because they were like, oh, he was only doing work because Cam Jordan was on the other side. Shit. This man kept his streak. Fourteen sacks, I believe. Right? Longest, I think he had fourteen sacks. Longest streak in the NFL. It's the longest streak in the NFL with half a sack. He had a half a sack in like seventeen straight games That's now. Crazy. Well, you know that line. Is dangerously good, bro. Tim Reader, Hubbard, Hubbard Hill, Hendrickson, Reader. They're nice, on, and you want to know the crazy thing about it is, is that you know they're one of the few teams in the NFL that exclusively goes to linebacker. They're exclusively to linebacker. They don't run. It's, it's four. They, they do a four. They do a four two five. Yes, Wilson and Pratt, and they have a legit nickelback. Like that is their depth chart. Gotcha. They're like yeah. Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton, I believe, bro. He is their Mike Hilton. Snapped on bro, that. Listen to me. Had. Listen to me. That that defensive backfield, bro. Awuzie, Bell, Bates, Apple, Hilton. Low key top three, maybe even yeah, top three defensive backfields in the league. That's why I'm saying that roster. Again, it's tough. It's tough to go against the Chiefs, but I'm telling you guys, this roster is nice. And it's a nice roster. And they're in a t- and they're in the nice. top 5 for cap space next year. Like they're going to be a problem for they're, a while. It's nice. It's a nice roster, bro. These are the type of teams that you create in your Madden franchise. Yeah. Hopefully. Just <laughs> just saying like this it's ridiculous. And and I'll say this, I've been supremely impressed. I know a lot of people a lot of people say the Bills safeties are that's the best safety duo in the NFL. Some people say it's the Chiefs. Um, the young young buddy in Matthew, I think, was it Sorensen? Maybe there's another guy potentially. Mm-hmm. I'm, I could be wrong, but a lot of guys have been talking Thornhill. about the Bills with, with Poirier. Say say the name again. Thornhill. There you go. Um, with um, Poirier and Hyde, but Bates, Bates and Bell are nice. Oh, for sure. They're nice, and and they play I just mean, like they play just like the Bills safety duo, and 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 I mean they're, I don't know this game's gonna be great. I think right. Chiefs Bengals I think is gonna be a lot better than we're giving ourselves bargain for. Yeah. All right. Um, up next, the 49ers beat the Packers thirteen to ten. Um, they shocked the world. Continue to shock the world. Um, they went from fighting for their lives week eighteen, and here they are in the conference championship. Uh, the Packers got outplayed. You know, they started they started out with a good drive, um, you know, for a touchdown on the opening drive. And then really after after Mercedes Lewis uh, fumbled it, it, it was all downhill from there for the Packers. Um, Rodgers did not play a great game. I mean, the 49ers offense didn't play a great game either, though. Like if it wasn't for their defense and special teams, like that's that was really the hero. Um this game for them. Uh, they did. They, um, go ahead. Um, I think that the, the 49ers bit a little bit from the Bucks playbook from last year. Um, Rogers 
weakness at this point, and you can kind of put it on his line as well. When you send guys out to contain and you close that pocket behind him and force him to slide up, he's not young anymore to where he's going to consistently want to run out the pocket, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, and I don't blame him. Um, And I think that this is one of the issues that he has had even in the past when he does slide out. I think that he's a little too focused on getting the ball down the field and it gives these D ends and D tackles the time to kind of come back up on the rush and catch him behind. Either it's forcing him into a bad pass or forcing him into some kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we can't we can't take away from the Niners' pass rush. Even when they were trash last year, we said that their pass rush is elite. Their pass rush is still elite. Is now their defense is healthy, right? And their defense is hella healthy, bro. And and they're and they got another um, guy from FAU who's balling. Yeah, and they're doing well, man. And honestly, those linebackers are everywhere. Greenlaw and Warner were everywhere, everywhere. And I mean, you know, it it, it kind of it, it hurt the the run a little bit, you know. And Green Bay still, although they're a high passing team, Jones does need to get his rocks off for the offense to run in full proficiency. Yeah, and and, and AJ Dillon got hurt too, that. which definitely fucked them yeah. up a little bit. Absolutely. Those cold, those cold Absolutely. weather games. You need those big burly backs that can just mow yeah. down people. Absolutely, you know, and, and I think at the end of the day, what sucks is that this was, in a sense, a legacy hurting game for Aaron Rodgers because you know who we compare him to, or where or the echelon that we put him in. A lot of those guys perform in those games. And for whatever purpose, it really doesn't matter, unfortunately, because of where he is. It hurts him a little bit. Yeah. And it most of those guys bit. have multiple rings. Yeah, it hurts him a little bit, you know. And, and it sucks. It sucks because I, I think he's he should be worthy of more rings. But, you know, these games, you, they, these games can't keep escaping you. You know, these mm-hmm. games can't keep escaping you. And, and, you know, if you put him in a class by himself – then yeah, like we're we're good, but you know we're comparing him to to winners, you know, like guys who do win these games out with the injuries and everything else, and it just sucks. Yeah, it sucks because now it's what is the argument now? You know, what I mean, like I think Aaron Rodgers fans can sit there and be honest with themselves. Fans, like like supporters anyway, can sit there and be like, yeah, like that wasn't the game that he probably no. should have done. That Aaron Rodgers yeah. fans, you got to ask them, like, hey, like what can what can you say about this game? Right. Because you you had you had the home field, you're at the crib, you yeah. you know what I mean. Like everything was in your favor. You started the game off hot. As a quarterback, it can't be a fumble that fucks you up. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, where do we where do we go from here? Because you know we're we're talking about Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of in the same category as like a Drew Brees now, uh, or even a Dan Marino, where it's like you know you you got you got one or you got two one. You know, like where are we, where are we going now? Yeah. You know what I mean. And 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 also Favre, who you've been trying to escape, bro. The Packers got like thirty one, like thirty to thirty one years of these guys playing quarterback and have two Super Bowls and three appearances to show for it. Come on, yeah. man! Like you know what Isn't I mean? That like crazy. Yeah, man. And and the thing is, is like thirty again, years of Hall of Fame play. Yeah, like and this is this is not a bash session. You know what I mean? I I still yeah. think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, he is he is the best thrower of the football 
whoever. Yeah. Oh, it's right. not, and I don't even think it's close. I think it's yeah. him and Dan Marino that, than everybody. That's else. why I always say the difference. I was like, Tom Brady's the great. Yeah. He's the greatest of all time, but Aaron Rodgers is the best no. at the quarterback yeah. position. Yes. Like yeah. pure position. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and you know, it just sucks that he he can't get. He just cannot get that ring. Right. And I I think this is what will push him out. Well, and you know, you say that, and we we are gonna find out, you know, in the next probably three weeks here, because he said everybody will know before free agency starts what he's gonna do. Yeah. So he's yeah, not gonna sure. he's not gonna sit on for, sure. for a long time. He said his team doesn't deserve that. You know, everybody else doesn't deserve that. He he's like he wants to make sure that Devonte knows what he's gonna do because Devonte has to decide, you know, if he's gonna mm-hmm. sign that free agent tag, which it looks like they're gonna hit him with, and that kind of stuff. So. We'll see. Oh, they're going to hit him with the franchise tag. They haven't announced that, but they're they're in. They have cap trouble, so I don't even know. It's not like they can really work out a deal. They, I don't think they can. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, mm-hmm. I don't think they can do anything else. Yeah, I think that's really their only option with Devonte, other, other than letting him go, which they obviously don't want to do. <laughs> oh, no. um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Um, these next couple weeks will be telling. Um, up next on Sunday. The Rams beat the Bucks thirty to twenty-seven. Um, fuck, Cooper Cup did what Cooper Cup has been doing all year. Cooper uh, Stafford had a great game. Um, Brady had a good game. It was yeah, yeah. It's you know they were a lot of back and forth, but. At the end of the day, it just you know, came down the, the Rams had it. The Rams had it and then almost lost it. You know, they were Bucks were down big, and but you know, as we've seen over Tom Brady's career, that means nothing. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I it think, came down to time. Yeah, actually. I think I think what it was. I, I I'll, I'll take it a step further. Honestly, I think still ten times out of ten, the Rams win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rams mm-hmm. came out balling and and they did it away from uh away from LA. I think the Rams do have one of the more complete rosters in the NFL, especially once they got OBJ. It's like, okay, well where where do they have holes? Yeah. Cam Akers is back now. So they have two legit running backs, three legitimate receivers with one pro bowler hurt. Um their line is legit. Linebackers legit Defensive backfield legit tight end tight ends. Mm-hmm. We talk about yeah, Higby, because, but because other buddy stepped up. Hey, last week. I don't even know his name, um, but he balled Bolt, the fuck out. Boltman or yeah. Boltman or something like that. When he Ballin. caught the first touchdown, bro, I was like, all right, Ballin. Ballin. nice with it. Complete, then he did a nice little curl. In complete. The, in the, I was like, complete. It's a complete roster. Kendall. Kendall so Bland. This, this, there you go. This, 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 this is what I this is what I will say. <laughs> the the Buccaneers showed you the Tom Brady effect. Um, the Bucks were never going to stop playing because they knew they had Tom Brady at quarterback. Um, at this point, I think that if you can get a turnover inside of your 40 and you can get Tom the ball back, that's a guaranteed touchdown. Um, I don't care if it's third down, fourth down, fifth down, whatever down you want to call it, they're going to score a touchdown. Um, and I'm saying this from experience. I, there's games where I've watched and I've seen the Patriots get a turnover inside of our 50. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a touchdown. We got the, oh, we got a turnover? Done deal, touchdown. <laughs> I don't even, I'll change the channel. I'm like, I don't even got to watch the drive. I'm telling you right now, it, we're about to score. Um, and, and that's what the bucket, the Buccaneers low key, and, and I don't know if people are, are saying it, but I'm going to say it. The Buccaneers have turned into what the Patriots were. This is it. 
they were never going to quit. And the Rams took their foot off the gas pedal, and they almost got their ass whooped. And hopefully they, they took that as a lesson going into the game with the, the 49ers where they're going to they're pick it up because the Niners have beat their ass twice now. It's hard to beat a team three times in a row, but it's been done. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, the Rams won that game unequivocally, and, and it showed it in the last seconds. I mean, that was effortless. And even Stafford said that. Stafford was like they came on an all-out blitz, bad recipe, period. Against a great team, all-out blitz is, is, is that's dangerous. I mean, the audacity of the Rams, honestly. Shout out to their D coordinator. That's uh, Raheem Morris, right? Yes. Or am I thinking of the wrong um, guy? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Morris? Raheem Morris. Is it Morris? No. Yes. No, 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 no. No, it's not Morris. It's, it's, not the, Morris. it's the old coach, the coach that was with the Jets, the black guy. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Go ahead. I, I'll pull Jets. it up. I'll pull it up. Yeah. So. That's definitely Raheem Morris. Oh, it is Raheem Okay, well, yeah. who am I thinking of? You're thinking of Todd Bowles. Where's Todd Bowles at? Tampa. Todd Bowles is in Tampa. What what coach is he over there in Tampa? Defensive coordinator. He's D coordinator. So who? So what is Raheem Morris? The defense coordinator of the Rams. Oh, so no, so I'm talking about Todd Bowles. I'm talking about Bowles. Yeah. I'm talking about Bowles. Oh, okay. my, my bad. Bowles is the one that sent the all out blitz because it was against yeah. the Rams. I mean, look at. I mean, that was effortless, guys. I watched that play like eight or nine times over, and I was like, "That was that was scarily easy, scarily easy." And 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 you know, it didn't shock me because we've seen Stafford do this in Detroit with less talent. But Jesus Lord, wow! Is it is it daddy? Is it that easy under pressure to hit a nine route against an all out blitz? Like I mean, Cup Cup left this guy on the line effortlessly, <laughs> and, and Stafford didn't even think twice. Stafford was like, "All right, bet." Go get it. But, and but and Cup, went and, Cup went and got that bitch. You watch that play? Cup went and got that bitch. Like, we're going to talk about Stafford's accuracy. That's great. All that is phenomenal. But Cup went and got that bitch. We don't talk about his speed enough, but Jit is deceptively fast. Sorry. He's deceptively fast. That team is scary, bro. And, and here's the scariest part, y'all. We talk about Cup, but we're not realizing how much easier his job got because of who he's got on the other side of the field. Oh, yeah, OBJ. And who he's got on the slot right next to him. Man. Van Jefferson is a problem. Listen. Oh, All right. right no. yeah, let's, let's keep it moving. All right, no. Um, <laughs> All right, no. All right. So the fucking main event of the weekend, and what a great weekend of football it was all around. Um, the Chiefs beat the Bills. 42-36 in overtime, a fucking barn burner. Um, incredible game. Both quarterbacks, like, really, it was, sh- it was a showcase for both of them. Um, you know, neither one of them threw a pick. Josh Allen went 27 for 37, 329, four touchdowns. Mahomes went 33 for 44, 378 for three touchdowns. Like, they, they balled the fuck out. Uh, they both carried it for over sixty yards. Um, they they put they they put it on their back, and you know I think the last two minutes of regulation there was twenty five points scored, which is absurd. Um, yeah, and then bro, this it was like Mahomes threw for like one hundred eighty eight yards in the final two minutes. Or something yeah, like that. so the Bills fucked up by not kicking it. Uh, like squib kicking it, um, giving the giving them uh, the opportunity to run a couple plays, basically taking you know valuable seconds off. 
would have been helpful, but that's not what happened in this case. So they were able to get two quick throws off, one to Tariq uh, and one to Kelsey uh, to put them in field goal range to send it to overtime. And then overtime happened, uh, regardless of how you feel about overtime. Rules are the rules. Chiefs win the game. Um, Nels, I'm sure you're going to have something to say. I do just want to say I personally would like the overtime rules changed. Um, I've never been a fan of the overtime rules. Uh, Even if it's just for playoffs, I think the fairest approach would be pretty simple. You don't even have to change much. Each team is guaranteed at least one possession. That's it. So just how they have their rule where if the team goes down and kicks a field goal, the other team gets a chance, just bump it up to even if they score a touchdown. doesn't matter. Just both teams get a shot at it because then you'll actually have strategy come into play for the coin toss. So if you win the coin toss, you might defer. It's like, I'll defer. You go ahead, and then I'll know what I have to get. You know, take that approach. I think that would just be the most fair way to go about it because, honestly, I get – you know, the argument that the defense has to make a stop. However, mm-hmm. when I look big picture, these guys have played a 17-game season, longest season ever, NFL history. They played a wild card game, and now they just played four quarters of a tough divisional round game. They are fucking gassed. They have nothing left in their in their tank. Like, you want to talk about a tank being on E? They've had zero break because they just came off the field to end the fourth quarter. And now they have to get back on again. Like, I have to throw exactly. some, I have to throw some slack their way. So I just think the fairest approach, give both offenses a chance. And then after that, if the defense can't make a stop, oh, well, so be it. Y'all had a chance at it. But I feel like just not even giving the other team a shot. Like, it's just like, huh, well, that's a kind of underwhelming way to end. That's the only thing. It yeah. kind of takes the excitement out of it. I feel that. You know, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Yeah, I didn't know. That's a good point. All right. So. <laughs> Here comes Ronell. Oh, man. Okay. I'm. This is not arguing any of Buddha's points. Buddha's perspective is fair and is just and it's correct. That's the right way to do it, to be honest with you. But um, listen, guys, this is this is the NFL. I think that there are circumstances and consequences that come with certain things that you should have done better. Um, this is true. The Bills did play in a wild card game and whatever the case may be. Chiefs beat them out for the number one spot. If you want the game to be in Buffalo and if you don't want to have that extra week, win and get the number one spot. Um, if we're talking about overtime, again, this is this is the pros. I think that. Certain teams shine in adverse situations. I think that there are certain situations built for pressure. I think defense still does win championships. I think strategy also wins championships. I will put the Bills' loss on mostly the defensive coordinator, but also on their head coach. Here's the reason why. Being a coach myself, if I was in that situation, there's only one scenario that could have played out in my mind that would make me feel better and go to sleep at night. And that would have been after we scored that last touchdown, I'm going for two. I'm going for two. Why? 
because it's going to either put me up four, and now you have to score a touchdown. So if you score a touchdown, you're clearly the better team. If I don't get the two-point conversion, we lost because of me. My decision. I think we, talk, I think, I think we talked about that on the phone. Yeah, uh, we, we did. We discussed we did. that, yeah. And, and, and that, that, is, that is my viewpoint from a coach's yeah. standpoint. Andy Reid would have went for two. Agreed. Bill oh, Belichick would have went sure. for two. The, the greats would have went for two, understanding we have not stopped your offense this whole game. So instead of allowing for the defense to try to win as a game that they couldn't even have us in place to win in the first place, because we had to do these miraculous-ass plays just to get the lead. And the question you got to ask is, if Tyron Matthew is out there on the field, does Davis get his, does Davis get his rocks off like that? Is the middle of the field open like that for him to get these plays? Clearly, they saw something and they took advantage of it. So that's neither here nor there. But let's go back to what we're talking about. Being somebody who's a fan of a team that has profited from the overtime rule, even before we did, I, this is how I see it. We had two games where we went in overtime. Patriots against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game and against the Falcons in the Super Bowl game. Falcon fans and Chiefs fans have argued with me about having other team get a possession or whatever the case may be. Number one, if I'm not mistaken, that was D Ford, right? If Ford doesn't line up offsides, game over. Your mental mistake gave us the opportunity to give Tom Brady the ball in overtime. You do your job in regulation, we don't have this problem. The Atlanta Falcons was up 25 points. You run the ball, we don't have overtime. You don't deserve to get the ball back. Your defense folded, you folded, your strategy folded. So overtime is one and done. Make up for what you got to do, get your defense out on the field, get your troops ready, and get a stop. If you couldn't stop them, then maybe you weren't the better team. I'm watching the Chiefs, and I'm like, hey, right now, the Chiefs are the better team. They're cool under pressure. They're not making mistakes in that overtime. And the Bills had two opportunities to get it to fourth down. On third down, I watched Mahomes scramble to the left, and everybody left the most dangerous guy on the field. They're saying Tyreek Hill, but Tyreek Hill is not the most dangerous guy on the Chiefs. It's Travis Kelsey. And nobody was there for that third and 12 conversion. Kelsey was wide open. Yeah. And then you know Tyreek Hill has been killing you guys with crossing patterns all game. Why are you man to man against the fastest guy on the field? Where is your over-the-top help? Yeah, Brother, there was nobody you. there. Come on, man. I don't want to hear that. Nice. I don't want to hear that bullshit about whatever. Go to your right. It should be fair. I'm not disagreeing with that. However. You know, I get what you're saying. I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it just is what it is. If NFL doesn't change it, I'm fine with that. Yeah. This is the pros. College, sure, make it fair. Make it fair. Let them have their opportunities <laughs> to get their two-point conversions, have the fans invested, get your ESPN money. But this is the pros. I think, Win it in regulation. I think my biggest reason why is just because it makes for such an anticlimactic finish when that happens. Fair. That's the other thing. And like, I, listen, I don't disagree with that yeah, at all. Yeah, I, I agree 100% because watching – those Patriot and Chiefs game, I definitely was like, yeah, the game kind of ended in a way that it probably shouldn't have. Yeah. But in the same in the same context, it's like, bro, you made mistakes, bro. Well, you made mistakes that got you to overtime in the first place, right? Well, I am excited to see these two match up for many years to come. I think 
right now. They've, sure. they've played each other three times, and I believe the combined score is like 100 to 98 or something like that. Like, these motherfuckers go to war nice. with each other. So, like, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to this matchup for a while. Um, you know, I think I think Josh Allen and the Bills will get there. They'll they'll get over that hump at some point. Um, you know, they just they got to take these licks, and you know they're they're growing still as a team. Um, you know, it still blows my mind to see how far Josh Allen's come, considering you know just a few years ago, when, you know his rookie year, he wasn't good. He was not good his rookie year at all. Like he had like a Who's that? Josh Allen. He had like a fifty something percent completion percentage. Like it was, he did not have a good first season. But I mean, his he, development. He didn't, but we, but we definitely did agree that there's something there. Yeah, of, uh, absolutely, absolutely. We did agree that there's something there, and and I was, I'm fine with trash rookie seasons. Yeah, it's just about when I watch you play. Can I watch you play and be like, mm, this you, guy's kind of dangerous? You, you got to be moving up, though. That's the thing. And you, we saw him. Twi- we saw him twice up. a year, and even from his rookie year, I was like, hey, listen. He'll show you flashes. Hey, I was like, hey, listen, Kyle, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. But this Josh Allen guy's a problem. Yeah, he had, he had the cannon, but, like, the accuracy was off. I remember there was a lot of accuracy issues back then and stuff. But, I mean, he's, I think he's become so polished so quickly. I think I think it's, it's that, but I also think, and I think this is, to me anyway, for a quarterback, I think this is the number one thing you need to have. And it's just that swagger. Yeah. Yep. It's the swagger. It's the it's the coming out there on the field and know like, hey, if you don't stop me, I'm about to give you this work. Right. And exactly. I, like you need to stop me. Right. And, and <laughs> I'm really I'm really exactly. happy he had that performance because like uh, and on that national stage because people really can't doubt him anymore after that game. Like you absolutely yeah, you, there's no way you could have watched that game and said, No, he's not a top five quarterback in the league. I'm sorry. Like, you're wrong. And if you can <laughs> sit there wrong. and say that, you need to be slapped, bro. So, listen, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that. <laughs> that, Bills, that, that, Bills team, that Bills team is on the cusp. Yeah. They're sure. very much like how the Chiefs were when they were playing us towards the end of our run. The Bills are yeah. very much, they're right there. Yeah. And the Chiefs should be a little scared. Oh, yeah. No, the no, no. should be a little scared. They're right there. Oh, mm-hmm. And the Chiefs need to be careful because, like, these guys, like, y'all, some of y'all key guys are getting older. And not only that, but you know what it is, too? It's one of those – NFL is definitely like a monkey see, monkey do league. Um, and I think, you know, when it's something that you can – when it's something that you can copy easily – you tend to have some issues. And right now what's happening is, is if you kind of pay attention, the Chiefs for the most part is, I mean, the Bills for the most part, and even the Bengals are following the Chiefs dynamics mm-hmm. and playbook. They are. They are. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, Burrow and uh, Allen are just mobile enough, like Mahomes. They got a super strong arm, like Mahomes. They can throw from multiple arm angles, like Mahomes. Even though people, Diggs is not the speed guy for the Bills, but Davis is a problem. Oh, and he, he had a fucking, he, he showed out in a contract year, too. Jets. Yep. And the Bengals, Chase is a problem. 
speed guy. Yep. Problem. You got the do it all running backs. You got like the Edward Solaire, the guys that they kind of were bringing up. That guy who can run in between the tackles, but he's good in the passing game. Devin Singletary is showing something. And I felt like they should have always made mm-hmm. Singletary the guy and just kind of let him find he his way. He should have been that guy. Moss needs to be the change of feature back. And I think he's fine yeah. in that role because I don't see him starting on any other team. No offense. Yeah, no. Mo- um, motor motor showed his ass these playoffs. And and Mixon is under is in the same realm too. So these teams are very similar. You got Kelsey. You've got Dawson Knox. And you got CJ Azoma. Mm-hmm. Those guys are are good route running mm-hmm. guys who can block well enough to where you can keep them on the field. Facts. You know those, and, exactly. and their defenses are are good. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 going to be interesting to see the end. The problem is, is the Chiefs have already they're already at their peak. Scary part exactly. is Bills and Bengals have not hit their peak yet. Exactly. So you know, boys are getting better. Next couple of years is going to be really interesting to watch, man. It's I, true. I I. I it's fun, man. Yeah, and I, and I'm telling you, like again, uh, I I feel as though I'm really, really excited, and I, I won't spend too much time on it, but I do want to mention that I'm really excited watching this. This has a Patriots fan. Yeah, they're my favorite. This has been my favorite playoffs ever. Cause I really I have no stress, no no high blood pressure, nothing. It's just watching good football. <laughs> And I'd rather sit there and be like, damn it, we lost again, or damn it, now we're into the goddamn it, like, you know. I feel that. So it's it, it's been great. It's been great. I definitely you know what I mean? All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to these picks for these championship games, y'all boys. Let's do it. All right. Let's so to start things out for the uh, AFC championship, it's going to go um, Willie, Nels, and then myself. Um, I also have Dylan's picks for these games. Um, so up first, we have the four seed Bengals at the two seed Chiefs. Dylan is going Chiefs. Willie, what say you? I'm going Chiefs. Nose. Ah, oh, man. Um, My juju ain't strong enough, so I'm gonna go Chiefs. Okay. I want to say Bengals, but I don't want—I don't want to throw no bad juju their way. So we going Chiefs. FTC, fuck the Chiefs. Let's go Bengals. I feel that, baby. I'm going Bengals. I love it. I mean, you got good—you got good juju vibes, man. Usually, when you pick these upsets, they usually go your way. Hoping. So let's hope for that. Hope. Let's hope for that. I do—I do, I do want to see the Bengals win, but I'm—I'm I'm going Chiefs. Oh, I forgot to tell us what we did last week with our divisional round. It wasn't great. We all went one and three, by the way. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Oh yeah, facts. Yeah, that's facts. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I can see yeah, that. The, yeah, yeah. The only one the three of us got right was the Rams Bucks game, and the only one that Dylan got right was the 49ers Packers game. He sure did. Yep. Um all right, and then we have the six seed 49ers at the four seed Rams. Dylan is going Rams. Willie? I'm rocking with Jimmy G, man. Okay. I just, my goodness, if the 49ers beat the Rams three times in a row, I mean, this whole time we've been talking about Sean McVay having, um, what's the name of the 49ers head coach again? Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Shanahan's number. You mean uh, you mean Shanahan I, has McVay's number? Is that what that is? Yeah, you're right, because the 49ers always beat the Rams. Jesus, Lord. <laughs> 
Yo. Mm. I'm going to go Rams, man. It's hard to beat a team three times in a row in the same season, but that's wow. Yeah, I'm going. They might have a crypt tonight, child boys. I'm going. I'm going Rams uh, as well. Um, yeah, I just think, man, that team is playing so well right now. That defense is fucking nuts. I don't know what they're going to be able to do offensively. Um, Debo Debo is going to have to be the hero uh, for the 49ers. Uh, yeah, and that, that defense as well is going to have to take care of Stafford. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, that's that's it for the NFL, y'all, boys. Say what? All right. So um, let's, just, let's just transition to the NBA really quick. A um, couple of things. Nothing crazy. I don't know if, Willie, you're going to want to add more to it. All-star starters oh, have been announced. Hey. Um, yeah, before you wait, before you do that, I just have like a couple quick things. Like, um, there's Turner Sports. I don't know about you heard. That boy Draymond. That super bro, Draymond oh, got gotta, Draymond is top five smartest niggas in the NBA right now. Like, just because like right now, he is going to be currently making the bag as a broadcaster. While he's still in the league, he's going to be on Inside the NBA. He's going to be on, like, he's going to be, you know, commentating, you know, doing broadcasting, you know, while he's still in the league. I think that's just cool. Um, what else we got? Um, you know, the Cavs. Um, Kevin Love secretly may be the sixth man of the year. Yeah, he's balling. He always was balling, but we're, we're seeing it now. Was. We're seeing Bro, it now because it, it, they're it, winning. Exactly, and that's all I had. like. And then they were like, because remember, like how everyone like last year they were like, oh, Kevin Love doesn't love basketball, all this bullshit. He just wanted to win. That's all. What it team was. is he on now? He's still on the Cavs. Still on the Cavs. Yeah, but they're like the three seed in the East. Yeah, so they're playing well. Like they're they're playing well. Um, but honestly, like they're. I mean, until we get sixty games in, I mean, we're not really. Talking. I mean, AD's back. I mean, Nels is gonna go through those All Star starters. I have. I just only have one to talk about. You know who that is. But um, I think it's gonna be fun to talk about because I. I think I. I think I think we're gonna have an interesting debate about it. All right. So All Star starters um, for the East. The captain is gonna be Kevin Durant. Um, then you have uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Demar Derozan. Um, Joel Embiid and Trey Young. Um, in the Western Conference, LeBron James is the West captain. You have Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, John Morant, and Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins as a starter. That's crazy. He balling, though. Exactly. That's the only thing, though, Nels. And I think that's what really people – and I just feel – okay, personally, and I just want to be honest. Most NBA fans do not watch NBA games. No, no, they don't. They do not. They, they watch YouTube highlights and they watch Sports Center. That's yep. it. I'm yep. just being, or they watch Bleacher Report. I'm just being dead honest. With and you. even when they watch the highlights, they still don't watch the intricacies of the highlights. Exactly. They just, they just watch highlights to watch highlights. Um. So when we talk about people that you know act like have actually either seen the Warriors this season. 
or have seen, you know, just NBA this season. And then like while you're watching the game, they're like, oh, they're, they'll cut to a Warriors game or they'll cut to, you know, you know, whatever that team is. But, you know, I watch a lot of Thunder games. Whenever they cut to a Warriors game, who do you see? I promise it's not Steph. It's Andrew Wiggins. They'll be like, Andrew Wiggins, like, dunk on such and such. Andrew Wiggins, key steal. Andrew Wiggins did this. It's like he's he's filling up the stat sheet. He's playing well. He's consistent. He's on the sec. What are they? The number? Are they the one seed? No. Who's that? The Warriors are the yes. one seed. The two. Yes, seed. they're the one. They're the one seed. Clay didn't start playing till last week. Draymond isn't averaging. They're the two seed, by the way. A, a trip. They're, oh, they're, they're the two. two seed. I thought they were the one. No, nah, they're they're three and a half games back. Okay. You, um. You know, so it's not like he he's not a scrub, man. Not at all. Not at all. Um so interestingly enough, um there is a new rule for the Rising Stars um game, you know, All-Star tournament. I mean, All-Star game is right around the corner. Um, and I just wanted to say, I'm going to be watching this because I think this is going to be cool. Back in the day, the Rising Stars was just uh, Team World versus Team USA or rookies versus sophomores. This year, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be having three games between four teams of rookies, sophomores, and four players from the NBA G League, from the G League Ignite team. So how it's going to work is it's 28 total players, 12 NBA rookies, 12 NBA sophomores, plus four NBA G League Ignite players. They'll be broken down into four teams. The pool of NBA players will be chosen by NBA assistant coaches. The pool of Ignite players will be chosen by NBA G League coaches. Each team will be coached by a member of the NBA 75 team and assistant coaches from the 2022 All-Star Game who will draft their squads on an earlier date prior to the tournament. There will be one NBA G League Ignite player on each team. Each game will be played to a final target score, otherwise known as the Elam ending, which we've seen in the basketball tournament, meaning that a game will end with a made basket or made free throw instead of the clock running out. It will be a race to 75 to celebrate the league's 75th anniversary um, um, anniversary season. Games one and two will be played until a team reaches 50. Games three will be played until a team reaches 25 points. That's live as fuck. Yeah, I like I like that idea. That format is lit. And I love the Elam format anyway. I think that should be employed to not just the All-Star game, but the playoff games as well. It kind of gets rid of that whole fouling at the end of the game type shit. Um, so yeah. Yeah, like let's play to a hundred. Yeah. And usually they went into like a time frame. So like the basketball tournament, how it works is like, all right, cool. There's two minutes left in the game. So we're going to stop the clock or like the game's about to end. We're going to stop the clock. Now the leading team has 81 points. We're going to add this many points with, we're at eight. So the team, first team to make it to 89 wins and they just ride it out. So they get to 89. Which is lit. lit. Yeah. I love, I love it. I think it's lit as hell. So yeah, man, I mean, all-star weekend is going to be intriguing. I think it's a transitional all-star weekend. I think that they're realizing that you can no longer rely on the slam dunk contest. So they're trying to find new ways to invigorate some of the other activities. Cause I mean, what slam dunk are we going to see now that we haven't seen before? It's kind of tough before, to, yeah. yeah, it's kind of tough to, to, to get the magic that was the early two thousands and the eighties. Um, unfortunately. So um, I, I just think, I think 
the slam dunk could be revamped if all-star players would start dunking in them again. I mean, yeah, but they're worried about, like, injuries and stuff, isn't it? Or is that just – that's just? I mean, I really don't know what it is. I, I feel like – I feel like it just takes that one player to do it. Toronto. Like I was like for the three point challenge more than the dunk contest at this point. Yeah, I agree. I I also agree. I mean, I I rarely watch the weekend now. I kind of just yeah, watch I the think, highlights. So you know, I'm I'm the wrong person the to best, test you about that. The best part for me, honestly, is like. Like now, like it used to be Saturday night, you know, with the skills challenge, like the rookie game, all this stuff. But honestly, it's become the All Star game, and I used to never watch the All Star game. Like barely, you know, like you, you know, you have it on, but you wouldn't be, oh, like oh my gosh, like look at this. But now, like you know, because it's more competitive, so now you're actually watching it because these guys are, you know, like you know they're playing for fun, but they're like, you know what, fuck it, I'm a dunk on LeBron today. <laughs> Real talk. Real talk. That's not a lie at all. It's not a lie at all. Like I'm gonna give it my best effort. Like I'm gonna be like, you know what? It's an all star game, but fuck it. I remember what he did to that nigga from the Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny as hell. So um Interesting. It's an interesting rest of the NBA season, but uh, I think in the second half, I mean, we—I don't know—we really, I mean, don't, do we don't do like MVP picks or anything like that for NBA? Do we? Not really, right? No, we kind of wait till towards the end of the season. We kind of right. talk about that whole playoff picture and who we like. Game Sixty. We could talk about that, but I mean, currently, like right now, I would say as far as leading the MVP race, it's by far Joel Embiid. Really? Yeah, by far is Joel. And nobody touching that man right now. I'm just being brutally honest. Joel Embiid is like let's how how can I compare it? Like he just like like ten yards ahead and everybody else behind. That is very interesting. But, I, I I wasn't you know, thinking I was still on the Steph Curry train, but now I gotta watch more Joel Embiid. Embiid is that boy. He just had a career. Um, he said he just tied a career high, had another fifty point game on Thursday night, and then he had forty eight the game before that. Intriguing. And you know he not a slouch, man. Like I remember, everybody's like, "Oh, he's so lazy. He's all this, man. All world, man." Um, but what's next? Um, I don't know if there's anything else left for. Uh... If there's anything left for um, sports in general, I mean, not really. Buddha. No, I'm good. But that. Uh, okay, so. Um, so we're going to talk about. Underrated bars of fame, and I've got a really interesting one for you. One that started a beef that involves Common and Ice Cube. A lot of people never really think of that as like a beef tandem, but it was. Um, there was there's a song by Common called "I Used to Love Her," and "her" is uh, an acronym for hip hop. In its essence, is real. 
And um, pretty much he's comparing um, hip hop to a girl. And he talks about like what happens and so on and so forth. And he makes a, he makes a reference to um, West Coast rap. And um, it wasn't necessarily the best way to demonstrate West Coast rap. So Ice Cube got all in the tizzy about it. And then they beefed for a little bit. Um, and so this is going to be underrated bars of fame just because I think the uh, references and analogies and personifications of hip hop as a woman being in love with particular people is pretty cool. So I'm going to share these lyrics with you. I used to love her common. Um, of course, you know, he stops. Hey, yes, y'all. And you don't stop to the beach. y'all, And you don't stop. Yes, yes, y'all. So on and so forth. And he says, I met this girl when I was 10 years old. And what I love most, she had so much soul. She was old school when I was just a shorty. Never knew throughout my life she would be there for me. On the regular, not a church girl, she was secular. Not about the money, those studs was Mike checking her. But I respected her. She hit me in the heart. A few New York had dinner in the park. But she was there for me, and I was there for her. Pull out a chair for her, turn on the air for her, and just cool out, cool out, and listen to her, sitting on a bone wishing that I could do her. Eventually, if it was meant to be, then it would be, because we related physically and mentally, and she was fun then. I'd be geek when she come around. Slim was fresh, yo, when she was underground. Original, pure, untampered, a down sister. Boy, I tell you, I miss her. Then he goes to, hey, yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop. That's the hook. And then he says a common sense, y'all, and you don't stop. Because back in the day, Common's full rap name was Common Sense. Um, now, periodically, I would see old girl at the clubs and at the house parties. She didn't have a body, but she started getting thick quick. Did a couple of videos and became Afrocentric. Out goes the weaves and goes the braids, bees, medallions. She was on that tip about stopping the violence. About my people, she was teaching me. By not preaching to me, but speaking to me in a method that was leisurely so easily I approached. She dug my rap. That's how we got close. But then she broke to the West Coast and that was cool because around the same time I went away to school and I'm a man of expanding. So why should I stand in her way? She probably got her money in L.A. And she did. stud. She got big pub. But what was foul? She said that the pro black was going out of style. She said Afrocentricity was of the past, so she got into R&B, hip house, bass, and jazz. Now, black music is black music, and it's all good. I wasn't salty she was with the boys in the hood, because that was good for her. She was becoming well-rounded. I thought it was dope how she was on that freestyle shit, just having fun, not worried about anyone. And you could tell by how her titties hung. Yes, yes, y'all, and you don't stop, and so on and so forth. I might have failed to mention that this chick was creative. Once the man got to her, he altered her native, told her if she got an image and a gimmick that she could make money and she did it like a dummy. Now I see her in commercials. She's universal. She used to only swing it with the inner city circle. Now she'd be in the burbs looking rock and dressing hippie and on some dumb shit when she comes into the city. Talking about popping glocks, serving rocks and hitting switches. Now she's a gangster rolling with the gangster bitches. Always smoking blunts and getting drunk. Telling me sad stories. Now she only fucks with the funk. Stressing how hardcore and real she is. She was really the realest before she got into showbiz. I did her. Not to just say that I did it, but I'm committed. But so many is hit it. That she's just not letting... That she's just not the same letting all these groupies do her. I see slamming her and taking her to the sewer. But I'm going to take her back. Hopping that, hoping that shit stop. Because who I'm talking about, y'all, is hip-hop. And that's the uh, it's the song. Okay. So I used to love her. Comment underrated bars of fame. Okay. 
I mean, honestly, he does paint a lot of different hip hop genre. Well, the little baby genres in hip hop in a negative light. But I mean, I I understand where he's coming from. Everybody's entitled to their opinions. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, some people really didn't like that song because they're like, "Hey, man, what cut talking about, man?" But I mean, hey, mm-hmm. that's his. Rep- and I, I again, I just love the personification of hip hop and how he used that in his in his style. That's pretty cool. If you haven't listened to the song, please give it a listen. It sounds way better rap than 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 spoken. Um, so you know, that, that's, that's about it. Is there anything else that we need to talk about, or do we cover everything? We're good. No, we good. Okay, well that that's what I'm talking about. So, Buddha, tell them where they can reach us on G on Gmail what? on email <laughs> ballsportspodcast at gmail.com. What about Twitter? Balls underscore podcast. What about Instagram? Balls underscore sports underscore podcast. Well, shit, man. Dylan, what we tell him? Are we? What is it? Is it time to get off? Get off the air. Yeah, there you go. Damn, Dylan, where the fuck you at, bro? We're back. You're tripping. Um. Anyway, uh, how many times we've done this? Two seventeen. Two seventeen. Two hundred seventeen times. Well, hey, for the two hundred seventeen time, we are done. We appreciate y'all for listening to us. Y'all can be listening to any other sports podcast in the world. But y'all giving us these listens, and we appreciate it. We're going to keep giving you this content to ride to about to potentially get hot to. As long as you keep giving us these listens and these clicks, like Weezy, we're out of here. Yeah, bye, hoes. Silly Negroes. You going to say adios or not? Nah? Adios. See you later. Ha, 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 ha.